All right, I think we can all agree that every new investor struggles with the same issues. They're out there talking to motivated sellers, they're finding deals, but they're unsure of how to comp these properties and how to determine what they are worth or what the ARV is. There's a tremendous amount of anxiety trying to figure out how to find the after repair values. Now, we all know that in order to make a great offer on a property, you have to start with the end in mind, meaning you really should know the ARV or the after repair value of the property before you can discount it and subtract your repairs and or wholesale fee to get your perfect offer amount. Well, if you're like me and you're not a licensed real estate agent, it's difficult to get access to your local MLS without asking your agent or bugging your buddies who are licensed all the time to run those comps for you and generate those estimated values. Well, not to worry. There's a company out there that can grant you MLS access to view and comp properties nationwide. I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash comps, and you can even get a free 14-day trial to test it out for yourself. Now, not only can you use this company to get comps and generate ARVs for these deals that you're finding, but you can also use it to help you find out how much the property owner owes on the property so you're not overpaying. Did I mention that you can use this company to also pull lists of motivated sellers? When I do marketing, I'm looking for vacants, absentee owners, high equity, pre-foreclosure, and many, many more reasons that the owner might be motivated. These guys can help you generate these lists so you can market them accordingly. I like, the, I like to mail them and also skip trace them so my team can call or text them. Again, if you're having problems getting comps, I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash comps to get access to a 14-day free trial so you can run your own MLS comps and even use this company to pull your own list of motivated sellers. I use them to run my comps and to pull my list. If you're not using them, you are absolutely missing out. So check them out today dpipodcast.com forward slash comps for more information. Welcome to the Discount Property Investor Podcast, where we show you how to buy real estate at a discount so you can create wealth over time and income today. Our mission is to share what we have learned from the experience of others and help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate, the Discount Property Investor way. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back. Discount Property Investor Podcast. I'm your host, David Dodge. I'm brought here today with two local guests in the St. Louis market, Kathy Helbig and Steve Strict. Say hello. Hey, guys. Hello. How are you? Hey, guys. So we just always want to remind you guys, if you're new to listening and viewing, check out the first 10 to 15 episodes of the podcast to learn about wholesaling houses and uh, also discountpropertyinvestor.com as well as the free wholesalecourse.com. We highly encourage you to go check out the free course. It has everything that you need to get started in wholesaling houses in your backyard today. So, guys, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, Kathy and Steve. Kathy is a beast, a local <laughs> real estate beast. She does um, retail listings yes. for the most part, and she has a huge team. Yes. How big is your team? Well, I have a brokerage, and in the brokerage, we have about 16 people. On my immediate team, I have about 12. Six, you said 16? 16, 16. And then 12 on the On the, on the immediate team. sales team. So what's the difference between the 12 and the 16? Who's the other so, four I can add? So right? I've been in the four? business for 20 years, okay. and over time, obviously, I've built up a business and built up repeat business mm -hmm. and referrals. So my Kathy Helbig group team services those clients as well as works under me to use my brand to help attract more business for themselves. I also own Experience Realty Partners, which is that's full new, service. Right? That's exactly. new. Yeah, I've been seeing some Thank advertising you. on that. Thank you. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. So I um, previously owned a Keller Williams franchise. I got out of franchise life. Sold it? 
thank the Lord. Yes. I remember we had a conversation a couple <laughs> months ago about that. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Good, good, good. Sold, um, sold my shares to that, opened up a boutique independent um, firm in the Chesterfield area. Mm-hmm. And so now I have I'm full service either way. So you can either be an agent that if you're the right fit can work on my team underneath my guidance, underneath my branding, um, underneath our lead generation programs, that type of thing. Or if you want to do your own teams or you just are an individual person that doesn't want to quite have the accountability. So you offer them the ability to come work with your team or you're just the brokerage brokerage. where they can just be an agent. And then that's awesome. Just like any other brokerage, you know, where you have your teams within the company and then you also have your individual agents. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's great. So how long have you had the, the Kathy Helbig, the experience or is, the, name the experience by the Kathy Halber Group okay. is my sales team. Love it. Yep. And that's <laughs> developed over the last 18 out of the 20 years. So I really started a team before anybody was really doing it. Right. And before I knew what I was doing right. 18 years ago. Um, experience Realty Partners just was born on December 29th. Holy cow. So mm-hmm. it's super 16. new. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I see Kathy's advertisements and her signs all over town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I knew of you before I knew you, obviously. Your reputation preceded you, which was great. And, you know, one of the best and biggest agents in the St. Louis area. So Mm -hmm. I'm honored to have you on the show today. Thank you. Um, And then, of course, Steve. Steve is a lending partner. He works at Gershman Mortgage. Mm -hmm. And he runs the, is it the Steve Strick Group? Is that the The Strick Group. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what you do, Steve. Uh, I'm basically in the residential financing side for one to four units. Mm-hmm. So we're all, we're considered to be in the mortgage business, if you will. Uh, I work for a company called Gershman Mortgage. We've been around for a little bit over 60 years. We're the oldest privately held mortgage company in St. Louis. Wow. Uh, so with that tenure, we like to feel like we're one of the most trusted mm-hmm. um, within the area. Uh, that being said, we haven't partnered with anybody. We have not been bought out. We've never been in trouble. You know, we have some of the cleanest audits in the entire area. So that goes a long way with our clients. Um, within Gershman Mortgage, you know, we do have that strong corporate background, but I also have my own group, my own lending group within Gershman Mortgage. And right now there's 11 of us. We've got seven loan officers and then we've got four staff. We're actually bringing a couple more on this summer. So, um, you know, we're growing quickly and we're just servicing all of the residential financing needs for one to four units with basically every program that you could imagine. FHA, VA, USDA, conventional jumbo programs. We even have first time homebuyer programs that can get you in with a zero percent down. I love it. I yeah. love it. So I think, you know, whenever we, whenever we have uh, each podcast episode, we like to kind of have like a topic. And honestly, I didn't have much of a topic coming into this episode, <laughs> but I know the topic that I'm going to run with now. Perfect. Partnerships. There we go. And it's building in groups. <clears throat> yeah. You know, so we did a we did a previous uh, podcast and we called it Teamwork Makes the Dream Work. And we talked about our team here at the office, but in this episode, I want to talk about branching out and using other you know third party people to help build your own team. So you two have done that with your business, and then also by putting together a group which you've right. done years and years ago. Right. And you've recently done that as well, where you now have the strict group and it's, you, you're still with the Gershman company, but right. you have your Partner. own team, sure. which is awesome. And you know, me as a wholesaler with the discount property investors, we do um, a lot of, a lot of work with other retail agents as well. So we get a ton of leads from retail agents that, you know, they may get a call from a, from a buyer, from a seller that's looking to sell their home. Mm-hmm. and that seller may have a home that doesn't really make a good listing. Mm-hmm. You know, the agent sure. will come in and they'll say, yeah, you know, you need to do some fixes or some cleaning or whatever the case may be. Change the carpet. Yeah, right. and hey. the seller may not be interested in doing any of that stuff. And the agents will call us because they know that we're cash buyers and we close quick and we buy as is. So those mm-hmm. are the three advantages of working with a wholesaler. Sure. And then, you know, I'm very transparent when I go out and I meet people. I, I tell them the disadvantages usually first. I say, listen, I'm not I'm not a retail buyer. If that's who you're looking for, you need to call somebody like Kathy. Right. And she can get you that price. And um, the other disadvantages, you know, would be of working with me is that I'm not going to you know pay you the full price for it. You know, however, the advantages of working with me is I'm going to pay cash. 
I'm going to buy it as is to where you can literally pack a suitcase and leave mm -hmm. and everything left behind is my problem. <laughs> you don't need to fix anything. Right. You sure. know, and we even pay people to move sometimes if money's real tight mm -hmm. and you know, there, there's not much equity in the home, you know, so on and so forth. So there yeah. are those advantages, but I guess what I'm getting at is we get a lot of business from agents who say, I don't really want to list this home. And if I did, it may sit, you know, so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And then we pay them the commissions, you know, by just bringing us the lead. We'll either pay them a, like a finder's fee, you know, orders the commissions. Sure. You know, so, um, and then additionally, we use hard money lenders as well, transactional funders <clears throat> to help with our business. But I just wanted to kind of ask you guys a couple questions about, you know, some of the third party team members that you're using. Mm -hmm. Obviously, let's start with your two's connection I, I think that's the best place to start and kath can really break it down a little bit better than i can because she's been in business for 18 to 20 years mm -hmm. and she's had let's call them relationships with vendors right. you know we've always had relationships with vendors and recently we've we've changed that terminology and we've gone to partnerships Right. Um, because you know there is that. there is a big difference change the terminology though it's no longer relate it's no longer you know, just having Here's a vendor. agreement, what, a vendor. Right. Yeah, it's like, hey, this what is can you give me? Right. And there's more, you know, there's more. More vested. Absolutely. Out yeah. And, um, you know, Kath can, you know, explain a little bit more about how our partnership started and, and why it's become so powerful. Sure. And then we've taken that model and kind of translated into, you know, some other partnerships that we've got. Right. So. So basically, historically, real estate agents mm -hmm. and real estate brokerages have you know they refer to everybody that's on the the outskirts of the business as vendors right and so you know we're all taught in real estate school that you know you should give out three cards and have all you have your vendors mm -hmm. but but you're not really vested in that other person so much when you're diluting the options and you really know there might be one person that's better for the job but but you say i got to give you three or four or whatever and what I found that I never liked is I never got into um, relationships with people for almost probably close to 15 years out of my it 20 took that years. took long to, to, to get into the but relationship. The reason why that. is because, no, not even just even vendors. I was, I was cautious okay. to refer anybody for anything right. because, <clears throat> number one, it's my brand. I'm referring probably. with it. Right. Yeah. But number two, I really couldn't promise equal business back. And I had an inherent ethical issue right. with gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, and I can't give anything back. So that's not the typical real estate agent lender right. relationship out there. It's right. what can you do for me? What can you do for me? What can you do for me? And then as soon as there's any type of bump, boom, they move on to the next guy. What can you do for me? What can you do? So I just never liked that. So I never really developed, you know, strong relationships with anybody. Yeah. Sure. Well, finally, I got to the point where I'm watching all these relationships out there and, and there were benefits from it and I wasn't receiving any benefits either. And I knew I had a lot to give, but it had to be the right people. Right. So at that point, I decided, you know, we were shopping for a new lender. We had some issues with our last one. We really weren't super committed to anybody over, over the long haul. <clears throat> so we were shopping for a new lender. And so I decided now that, you know, being a team too, I'm the... The CEO and I'm the the face. You're the captain. Yeah, but I'm not right. necessarily the one who's working with them every got day. The buyer yeah. in the seat next to me taking them into cars all the time. Yep. So the relationships are happening there. They're not so much happening from me to that buyer because sure. there's somebody in between us. So I realized that I have to have buy-in from my team, which is super important, mm -hmm. to um to have a partnership type thing work. So I interviewed I decided I was going to be the first stop of the interview for lenders and make sure all my criteria was met as a business owner um, to not hook my people up with the wrong people to make sure there were certain boxes checked that were important sure. to me. So I went through that round of auditions. And first. I would imagine that you interviewed quite a few people. <clears throat> I did. I, I put the, <laughs> I put the word out this is that great. I was looking for a new you know, in-house lender partner. And I was inundated with, with people. So I started with a list. There's tons of options out oh, there. Oh, yeah. Thousands. You know, yeah, there's thousands. tons of options. Yeah. 
You can't drive two yeah. miles without turning on the radio or seeing a billboard right. or an advertisement about somebody wanting to offer right. you a, well, and a th- loan or something. Think about <laughs> how many loan officers are out there. And then think about how many groups, teams are in the top 20 here in St. Louis right. every yeah. single year. Top 15. Right. 15. Not, yeah, not that yeah. many. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's your the option. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, this this yeah. is a great story. So I, so, I decided, this was back when kind of American Idol was big. And mm-hmm. I thought, I'm going to do American Idol with my partners right. and so i started with lenders and you know narrowed it down to 30 to mm-hmm. begin with 30 were the top narrowed it to 30. <laughs> wow there that's we go. A, yeah that's a lot yeah. yeah how many did you have on your spreadsheet to start with <laughs> uh, just, yeah Holy i mean just cow. messages and inboxes sure, and sure, sure. so then i probably chopped that down to about 12 and then okay. down to eight eventually mm-hmm. and then i brought them back to work to present to my team instead of just me. Sure, so which first, is smart. First, they had to get past me. Because then you're bringing in, you know, the culture of the company at that right. point. Yeah. Not just, right. What can you offer me? It's hey, here's who we are. Yeah. And you have everybody else's perspective on I the on the candidate. And they all right. helped you, <clears throat> so they can't be like you. You know, it's right. like we did. We we, did. we made this decision. <laughs> so we did that route and had about eight at that point. I gave everybody a 45 minute window and gave them a time to show up and we. True we American Idol. Oh, <laughs> it really was. With we the chairs in the front. We I wasn't out. in this deal. He wasn't in this deal. <laughs> we rented out City Hall. Okay. And just set up there. This is an awesome story, yeah. by the way. And so, um, you know, I, and it was just kind of evolving as it was happening. Mm-hmm. And so then I set my group up like I had my chairs in a half circle right. and everybody was out. And then the, the person would come, come in, in and, and you do were their presentation. The well, I didn't realize that Holy it was shit. such a <laughs> yeah. They were. Oh, people were sweating. Were. Yeah. And I was like, you know, sorry for the, liquor the, there. The, the, yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh my, I was watching them and they literally were like, their hands were shaking and right. they were like pacing back. Forth. And then we got backed up a little bit because somebody took a little piece. too long. Oh, you have no idea. Yeah. Oh. The poor guys that were coming in for the next appointment, they're behind a plate glass window and they're seeing the guy before of them yeah right <laughs> that, that guy so just did this yeah. Look at, listen Ooh, to one yeah. guy so we that went through all that yeah. yeah and we we narrowed it down to two because okay. we decided at the now, time we were going to have two was not no. okay. we decided we were going to have two people for that lending spot mm-hmm. so we did that and that worked really well because everybody had buy-in and and then it was kind of a learning process of who we chose the reasons we chose them and then did they work out or did they not work out? And, and over time, neither one of them ended up working out. Mm-hmm. After a while, like we tried and it But we, you did, you tried, you tried to, you know, that's we the, tried. the most important thing to take away yeah. for, the, for the listeners and the viewers here, you know, is that you, 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 you didn't right. just continue mm-hmm. on that 15 year process no, prior. No, You said, hey, and, let's and build honestly, this partnership. And honestly, the reason right. why I let one of them go. Because you to create that win-win is yeah. what I'm kind of assuming, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Like, you're and getting, that was it. The reason why I had to let one go. One, the, the guy just... There wasn't a win-win, well, they, right? Somebody I was connected with work. their management team. Mm-hmm. They were awesome. But the loan officers they kept giving us were just falling down just on the game. wasn't working. Yeah. So that, they just didn't measure up. That, so that they were why. getting wins because you're passing right. them a ton of business. But when the customer service wasn't there, right. you're not winning. Right. So, right. so then the Get second up. guy everybody liked him. We were doing fine and everything, but then, you know, he kind of was solo for about nine or 10 months because we were waiting to fill that chair again. Right. So that's when Steve comes into the scene. Now, did he pitch you or did you pitch him? How'd that it's work? another good story. That's Let's a, hear it. Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. How much time we have. We'll be back next okay. week. <laughs> so after all that Linder hoopla that had been mm-hmm. going on for two years now, right. I have a friend that Steve used to, I did a little radio with her. Steve used to do a little radio with her, but we never did it together. I didn't know who he was yeah. or, you know. I, I knew I who she was. You knew who she was. So she is calling me, texting me, hey, um, I have a friend I want to introduce you to. He's a lender at Gershman. And I'm like, right it's like yeah. I, i'm not really in the market this one guy's doing okay right now cool. and um you know just eh, kind of eh. and right. you know every lender in town wants to take you to lunch wants to well, especially whenever you, you are doing coffee. a lot of transactions like you are sure right. because yeah. they know that right. that's going to be it's a, a source of business absolutely and I was kind of just over that. And so I kept kind of putting it off and putting it off. And 
she's like, come on, come on, come on. You know, he wants to take us to the baseball game. I'm like, I have season tickets. I don't yeah. really care right. about going to the baseball right. game. And uh, so she bit, bugged me for probably you over know why? a month. I was persistent. Hey, I kept telling my favorite Kelly, quote, persistent, consistent action. Always there you go. Yeah. We actually just watched that uh, movie Founder. That's that. And he said, Persistence. this happens yeah. for oh, one yeah. word. Yeah. Persistence. Yeah. 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 You got I it. love that. So I guess so he, did, he, was he was persistent and then she was through persistent. Through her. Through right, our yeah. mutual through friend. Through your friend. Okay. Yeah. So the radio station then or? She was on the she radio. She was on like, yeah. So she was the conduit from me to her to her. And right. she kept putting it off, putting it off. I said, we've got to make this happen. So finally, she said yes. So begrudgingly, I, I went to the ballgame. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And so um, so we met, and I actually liked his personality. And we got to talk a little bit about the way he does business and the way he um, attracts business versus the way I attract business, which were two polar opposite things, which to me was a good thing because then we could blend. Right. And then... I could tap into his way of, mm-hmm. of getting business and he could tap into my way of getting business and maybe we take it up a couple levels. I love it. You created that win-win. Yeah. Right. Well, right. And we were taking, yeah, two ends of the spectrum. And we and- that in our course and in all of our podcasts. You know, you always want to find that win-win regardless of what the relationship is. When I'm going out to meet a seller at a property and, and I say, hey, you know, I'm not going to pay you full price. I'm going to give you 30 grand less, but, but yeah. you're still winning because you don't want to deal with this property. You right. live across the country, right. so on and so forth. So the win-win was established. I love well, that. It was established, but then he, you know, he had to check my box. I again. had to go through the process. And Not the American up a city hall thing. Again. No, man, it was uh, probably, almost worse. probably more intense. Than <laughs> that. So tell me this. How did it so go down? first we started with a big lunch, right? That was yeah. a big one. And, uh, and his president at Gershman wanted him to do it at the St. Louis club, which is prestigious, kind of stuffy, you know, high end. You know, I'm bringing Cottleville over to Clayton. Yeah. And we're going <laughs> yeah, up right. into the St. Louis club. Right, right. I'm thinking this is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. He's dressed, to, he's dressed to the nines with his sparkly cufflinks and all that stuff. Right. And my girls are a little more, down to earth, I guess. Right. So they weren't impressed, okay. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, they put, put off. Put yeah. off. That's the yeah. word. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. not, not yeah. intentionally that no. you were you know, no. anything wrong. I think you just kind of maybe came on hard or came on strong. Well, what happened was is they didn't feel, with all of these cufflinks in, in the St. Louis Club environment, they basically thought that I wasn't going to cater to the $100,000 client like I'd cater to the million-dollar client. Right. And I that tried to convey yeah. that. But I didn't really realize the magnitude of what they were feeling until after our meeting. And then I talked to Kath and she's like, you want the good and the bad? I'm like, bring it. Because I told them the same thing. I'm like, I can like you and want to choose you. But if they don't like you, it's It's not not going to work. And I can't deliver. We're trying to accommodate the personalities of eight different women. Now, let me ask you this. I'm going to back up for one second. Mm -hmm. Whenever you came out and pitched. You already had your a group at that point. Okay. Right. You had it for oh, a yeah. long, yeah, yeah. long time prior. And a letter. Did you have a group or was it just yourself and maybe an assistant? One person. I had a partner, yeah. yeah so this yeah. has also allowed you to build out a group and oh, yeah. grow your business. I've learned a lot working with her team on how to grow a team, what right. it takes to service a team. And, and really, those two do go hand in hand. If you've got a big team... You've got to have a team to service it. You have yeah. to. It's you'll right. you'll kill yourself. You won't be able to deliver the service that's necessary mm-hmm. to maintain those good partnerships. And uh, you know, back, we realize would you, that. Would you ever want to go back to not having the team? No way. No way. No way. And that's, and that's, uh-huh. that's something that no I did with my business too. So yeah. there's four owners here at this company, and I was wholesaling on my own prior to joining them. And yeah. it's great having 100 percent of that pie. Yeah. It is. It's really great. Sure. But if that pie is only a couple crumbs, you know, it's right. like, you're limited. And there's you're, you're right. limited on your time. Right. So there's only so much one person can do. And right. ideas and Absolutely. solutions and opportunities. I mean, if you've got four people sitting in a room, you're just going to have more ideas and Absolutely. more opportunities than if you're just sitting in there by yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's taught me a lot. But Yeah. So, so that's where, where we met. And then mm-hmm. he had to go through the process with my girls, but he almost had to do it one-on-one because every single one of them was different. Mm-hmm. And we've already kind of been burned now at this point by – 
trying this for these other lenders and everything didn't work out. It was quite stressful for the first couple months. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, for it, sure. it was a several yeah. month process. Right. Well, I had yeah. to hear on the phone after the launch, I thought it was great, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was saying, yeah. you know, so what do you think? How'd it go? And she's like, well, <laughs> and she tells me they didn't like your cufflinks. And that's when she that's told me the, that. That's what the problem was. One of them. It was one of them, yeah. Wow. So um, I had to, yeah, too flashy. I had to then set meetings up individually with them and con- convey to them, you know, that we're going to give everybody the same service. Everybody's going to get the red carpet treatment. <laughs> and, you know, once you were able to sit in front of them, look them in the eye and tell them that, it went a long ways, as opposed to saying, well, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Sure. But then he had to maintain those relationships too, because it's very easy. It's even harder. Yeah, yeah. To just like, I got the deal now. I'm out and I'm only going to talk to Cappy. He had to mm-hmm. get in the trenches with them and make That's when the team comes in now, though, yeah. because now the team and her team mm-hmm. are working on their own in right. the background. It seems in like the background, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still the interactive force, you know, and then my close team that does my personal deals. They interact with their team quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's been so a great when we, partnership. And we brought him on. So he was chair too mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. He still had that one that was mm-hmm. working still there. okay. Is he still around now? Well, no. He wasn't around <laughs> for very long. Uh, no. No. So again, it goes back to it's got to be a win win. It has to and be a win win. And so once we added him to the equation, the other guy was, you know, good at getting things to the closing table, and and he was he was fine. We just put that he was fine, but Steve was doing much better on converting. When we would give people both names, they would choose Steve oh, cool. almost every single time. That's good. <laughs> so yeah. it's good for him. Right. And the other guy is starting to, you know, choke like he's dying on the vine with business because it wasn't that we weren't giving him the opportunity, but he wasn't even capturing the opportunity. Right. Right. So at some point in time, it just got to the point where it's like, it's only fair to you because he was invested in, you know, paying for some things monthly with co-marketing things and stuff like that. It's coming out of his pocket and he wasn't really getting a bunch of deals from it. So we just sat down and talked to him like, I, this isn't fair for you. <laughs> like right. I see the numbers and it's not, yeah. it's not, not a good deal for you. I'm not the one playing favorites. Right. It's the customer. Right. Well, my exact choosing. words were, it's not a good deal for you. And so, he clearly said no he couldn't things. compete at that time yeah. with some of the things I was offering. Right. And, right. you know, a lot of it was time and everybody's in a different place in their life. And I was able to give the time, the service and, you know, take them out and cater to them. And that was about three years ago. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So that's how that started. So the whole partnership thing kind of from there is where the whole experience and our experience network realty kind of our network partners kind of came into play because we realized I realized when he got more invested in my group and they treated him more like one of our group members one instead of, of members. Right, exactly. the peon that owes us everything. Which Call is Steve. Kind of, yeah. Right. Like, hey, <laughs> right. right. No, exactly. And so like, then they were more vested in being a bulldog to get those deals for him because you run across a rider and they're like, oh, yeah, I've already been pre-approved to Quicken. Uh, I have, you know, I bank at Bank of America, so I'm just going to get my loan. There were most agents would go, Let okay. me tell you a story about yeah. Quicken <laughs> and Bank of America. Oh, <laughs> most agents are just like, okay, you got pre-approved loan, that's cool. Right. Whereas my girls were so vested in, we all work together, that they're like, let me just tell you something. Like, it's always good to get a second opinion. Would you mind if we let him call you and give you a second opinion? Sure. Because we've had some issues with our closings at Bank of America. We've had some issues with, you know, blah, blah, blah. Big banks are really good at, at doing the simple banking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Know, checking the ATMs. They, they take deposits. Accounts. They right. have credit cards. They are not right. the best when it comes mm-hmm. to doing the lending or real estate. The creative yeah. side of it in right. the lending. Absolutely. Right. So having a local smaller bank, yeah. and that's what we teach in our courses. Yeah. You know, to our students as well as, you know, in the podcast is find a local bank, yeah, you know, somebody totally. that's got 15 or less branches. Mm-hmm. Well, those are the ones to start with, Yeah, you know, because they're going to be more willing to help you and work well, with you. Well, they're more invested in that relationship. And they're more invested in that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. They want the win-win Somebody, where, well, you're a number out of state. Yeah, like, there is that's transactional. If I need to talk to, you know, somebody, I have three or four phone numbers of people that are at a desk. Right. It's Bank of America, you Good luck. Yeah. 800 numbers. Exactly. To a random person every time. It's transactional. I mean, a bank is institutional and we're more relationship based. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, 
our reputation means a lot more. So we're going to answer the phone at seven o'clock at night. We're going to answer the phone on the weekends because we understand we're here local and, and that's how you get referrals. And they've pulled some rabbits out of a hat because it's not just that one client that they might lose. They're vested in the Kathy Helvig. Right. So sometimes they just, you know, they ate something or they went to bat because it's for the whole sake of the, 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 the big picture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you mentioned a couple minutes ago, the experience. Uh-huh. So I would assume that you have other, not lending vendors, but other, and, and really, I want to get rid of the word vendor. Yeah. Partners. Exactly. For partners other part, parts of the business. So I would imagine, let's talk about a couple of these other, if you don't mind. I would imagine you probably have like a, a staging partner mm-hmm. that yeah. comes in and does yeah. the staging. And then you probably have like... Title. Title partners. Insurance. Insurance. We have, we have H- a few different HVAC. We have HVAC. We have Love a few that. different building yeah. inspectors. Um, we pretty much want to be that nucleus for our home buyers and sellers to connect them with the people that we know is going to give them our level of service and that we're not nervous about pairing our brand next to you. So when I Absolutely. say I'm recommending this guy and they do a bad you know job, what? Jim to they're mad at me. The, the plumbing, and right. the plumbing doesn't get fixed or right. show up. Right. right. You want to you make sure that if you're also creating that win-win, but you're providing value. Well, exactly. I mean, That's what we teach in our program is, you know, if, if I'm going into a house and there's another guy coming in to, to buy that house, my cash isn't any greener than his cash. Right. But if I can provide more value, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I'm going to win every time mm-hmm. and vice versa. So I love that. Well, awesome. partnerships, you know, basically magnify that value mm-hmm. because when you're in a partnership, both sides see the value. <clears throat> a vendor, that's a completely different relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the experience was kind of unveiled at that point in time. And I love the sign. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. And uh, we really wanted to create the ultimate buying and selling experience for for our customers because we know that is a really stressful thing to do, both buying and selling. And right. typically when I go in and interview with people and they tell me they've sold or bought sold or bought before and I ask them what their experience was, it's almost always bad. Really? And almost always they have a complaint. Wow. And a crazy. lot of times it's the same stuff over and over so again. It's easy for you to get testimonials and if yeah. you go on, you can provide that yeah. awesome and not service. That, not that we don't have bumps along the way. But need yeah. that is, is, is needed exactly. But the challenge has been over the years of getting people off that mindset of the individual, like, I'm hiring you. I want you to do everything. There's a team there. Yeah. Kathy's not going to be at the the Sunday open house. not going to help you buy your house. It's not to their advantage to help you you do everything. Let's talk about that. That's a great point. So how do you overcome that? Because oftentimes when people in my business call me, and I have a team. You know, we have four or five junior buyers, I call them, that when a lead comes in, I say, hey, here's what we'll pay for this. And the zip code, go buy it. You have my permission. And then they may talk to me on the phone, though, and then they get upset when I don't show. So it's very similar. Right. Yeah. Whenever they're like, I want to have you come right. on. So exactly. like, I'm privileged to have her here with you. <laughs> yeah, right. But how do you overcome that with those people? There's yeah. got to be a... It's, I um, have to set expectations from the front, beginning. It's all about right? expectations. Because I'm the face and I'm the brand. So oftentimes people expect me to do every part of the transaction. And once I explained to them how the team works, that's basically been a, a well-oiled machine for years now, and that they're really going to be at a disadvantage if they have me doing some of these things because they're not I my forte. How, how you position yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's so true, though, because there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. I can't do five cases at once. And guess it. what? Close your ears. Some people, I'm not good at everything. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not. But it, I, I might look like I am, I but that. I'm really right. not. But I you think, know what, though? I yeah. love that because... If you came here today and you said, I am good at everything, people wouldn't believe you. Right. Yeah. You know, you have to put people in place that can do things that you're not good at or better, you know, have to do that. Or that they're, is that more than forte? So that's kind of, over the years, I did start out doing it all by myself and I can do it all by myself. But as real estate evolved, you started doing more transactions. You started having to do more marketing. Like things have changed over the years. So that's where it gets to a point where one person can handle it all for a minute. And then once your business gets any bigger, not even big, just a little bigger, you have to come up with something or you you start dropping balls. And that was always my fear was dropping balls for people. I never 
want it to upset anyone or be the cause of an issue. Mm -hmm. So that's why 18 years ago I started, you know, kind of going down that road of let's bring somebody on and they can help me here because this bogs down my time. So I'd rather pay somebody to do this and they'll do it well because we're focused on that versus me being like, do you mind if I ask some questions about the team? No, I'm just curious on like how you have a position. So you said 12, to 16-ish people, how many people are, are working on the list and how many people are working on the buying side? Do you have closing sure. coordinators or do you hire third parties? Great question. That? So what we do is I'm, I still love being in the business, even Me though too. my main job should be working on the on business, business. Right. but I still have my foot in it. Mm-hmm. So I go on almost every listing appointment if I can. <clears throat> if sure. Cheers. If, if it works for my schedule or if it's not one of my agents on referrals, then I go on the listing appointment, I view the house, and talk to them about pricing and set the expectations of what is going to happen, yeah. talk about the team, talk about marketing, and then give them tips on what they need to do to prepare their house. So that's the starting point for us. Um, usually if they call in or something, then with my listing manager does a pre-interview because I want to know a bunch of things before I get to that house so I can prepare the right information. Yeah. A lot of agents don't do that stuff. And I started doing that probably six or seven years ago. And it's so helpful to find it. Sometimes you get there and you're like, oh, I, it didn't say in the tax records that the basement was finished. Mm. You get there and there's, so you just, there's you things. Do your due diligence. Well, your due diligence. You know what the, <clears> you talk to about the motivations, everything. The area, right. About the right. So I come with all that information that's been pulled by my listing manager. So she pulls the data. I review it. Mm-hmm. I go on the appointment. Then once the appointment is over, the file goes back to my listing manager. She does the listing paperwork. She orders all the timelines. We have all that documented. And then the listing um, coordinator comes into the picture, which this is a lady who has a background in um, design. She has a background. She actually had a painting company where she redoes kitchen cabinets and staircases and all that stuff. So she's got a great eye for helping people. So what's, what's her role? She's the, the listing coordinator. List coordinator. Okay. So she's um, meeting with the photographer to make sure he's showing up when he's supposed to. She's um, putting things in our Zillows and our Realtor.coms and all that stuff. And she's meeting with the client as well to walk through their house. Even though I've walked through the beginning and kind of told me, you probably need to do this, this, and this. She comes back she's for kind a, of more coaching? Yeah. She like comes back on an appointment. Yeah. She'll drag the furniture herself if she needs to. Wow. So she'll walk in and go, I really think this should not be in this corner. You should put this in this bedroom. Declutter, declutter, declutter. Right. There you go. <laughs> and oftentimes we are having to tell people to paint, to put in new flooring, to change their kitchen cabinets, things like that. And if I were to leave it to the homeowner to do all that on their own, first of all, they get overwhelmed. It is overwhelming. And so they par- get paralyzed when they're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Secondly, they... They start thinking about, I don't know who to call. I got to get all these bids. And again, that paralyzes them. And then thirdly, they pick the wrong stuff. (laughs) They pick the wrong things. So if I'm telling somebody that your decorating style is not working right now. But yeah, I'm going to have you go change it. I'm going to have you go change it. You're probably going to pick the same type of things because that's your taste. Mm -hmm. So I have to make sure they understand that they're divorcing themselves from their home. It's now a house. It's yeah. a commodity. It's Don't be emotional. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> right. And that's my like emerald green carpet. It's a challenging part of the business you know? for you to, it is. to go in there and make it. That's, that's got to be the hardest part. Because you're telling, you know, if I come into your house, Dave, and I'm like, Hey, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. Those might have been things that really See, you really liked. That's where our businesses are different. Yeah, when exactly. I come in, like there is none of that. It's it's, it's we use a one page agreement when I go and I say here's what we can pay. <laughs> right. You know, and then it's, and then the, the the terms are literally can we close next week or do we need to wait three? Right. And right. Am I going to pay all the closing costs or are we going to split them? That's it. That's it. And yeah. so, I mean, I'm not in there doing the curtain things. And, and see, I yeah. explain, so that's a big challenge it's on the huge retail challenge. side. I explained to agents a lot of times we're trying to evaluate are they going to be a better listing agent or a better buyer agent? <clears throat> Being a, a listing agent is very challenging because you, you're walking into someone's prized possession, right. their most expensive thing that they own. It's loaded with emotions. They've 
got family and memories and all that stuff. <clears throat> and I have to come in and think about this. I'm interviewing for a job. You are? Absolutely. So if you Every go time. on an interview. So it's difficult because you don't want to be too aggressive and too, like, those are ugly ass curtains, for right. example. You can't skirt some things. Yes. Yeah. But then at the same point, you want to get the business and list right. the home. Right. And you want to get them the most for the home. Right. That like about, so I'm so. sitting across somebody's kitchen table saying, number one, okay, um, now you've met me, you've walked your house. Here's all the things that I feel like you need to change about your lovely home that you're in love with that a buyer's not going to like. And in addition, it's going to cost you money, which I can tell you almost every single time someone calls me to list their house, they they think their pocketbook is closed. They're selling that house. They're done. They're not putting another penny into it. That's where you come into play. <laughs> move on to, to the next house. We're going to spend money on our next house. And I have to come in and go, no, 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 Well, they can. Yeah. They're not going to get as They're not going to yeah. get it. And or it's not going to sell. Exactly. So I have to make them understand that investing a little bit of money is going to return more on the sale and shorten the selling time exactly. or both. Um, so I have to have that conversation with them and then I got to go in and, and tell them you got to pay me X on top of it percent. So they're paying me to down their house mm -hmm. to diss their taste right. and to tell them they got to spend money on top of it. So it's a really tricky appointment to do and not everybody can do it. So right. what ends up usually happening is the agents just don't have those conversations. They want to get the deal. Right. Yes, because then after exactly. 65 days on the market, they're getting a call from that seller saying, why hasn't the home right. sold yet? And that's so why, they should have decluttered it right. six, four days and ago. that's why you got to have people that are focused and great at negotiating listings. Right. I mean, so it's one of these things where you got to kind of come in and be a little abrasive. But that's not necessarily you got to be truthful. Thing. Truthful. You truthful, it's a better, but not abrasive. That's, that's right. exactly Because right. you're really helping even yes. though that they may not like that conversation. You don't want to hear it. It's in the delivery. It's all it's in the delivery. delivery. Right. Yeah. But really, you're just trying to help. Exactly. You know right. right. You know, my, my goal is, I'm not an agent, but I would imagine that your goal as the agent is to get them the most for the home. Shortest amount of time. And, and, and sell it in the yeah, yeah. fastest time. So mm -hmm. the shortest amount of time. Yeah. Here's how we're going to do it. Trust me and let's go. Right. Yeah. So by having that team helps a lot too. So right. You so like my to go girl, on those I go on those appointments. That listing coordinator comes back over because many, many, many times we have to at least repaint something. So she'll bring the swatches. What you say the percentage of times? Oh, there's probably paint involved at least 50, 60 percent okay. of the time. I mean, and this is a random several question. Paint, several rooms. Um, <laughs> what would you say the average dollar amount that you're able to get the seller to spend? Is it like two or three grand or like five to eight or more? No, it's usually not it's that much. Unless we're talking luxury home. And it depends right. on if we have them fully staged or if we're just doing some touch-ups. Right, right. So typically, you know, painting budgets are, are going to be anywhere from probably 400 to 2,000, depending on if we're painting a whole entire interior or something or not. Um, and then a lot of times recently, a lot of times we're really – we're jumping on that kitchen cabinet paint right now because so many people. It's so easy to paint. It is. It changes a completely different room. Now. So ten or fifteen years ago, it was like considered like you, you paint it over the wood. Oh my right. gosh, it's right. cheap, you know. Right. That type of thing now, it's like that's what everybody wants. So, so everybody that's in that window right now, take advantage and paint kitchen cabinets because that's the trend that's for the right trend. now. Absolutely. So when we walk in and see, you know, old oak cabinets or that whitewashed you know, kind of pinkish type thing where I'm thinking, I got to get these people to spend anywhere from 1500 to 2400 depending on how big the kitchen is. To yeah. paint these you cabinets. know what we do a lot, and I think we do, is when we go into the bathrooms that are pink or orange mm -hmm. or blue or green, the old, old yeah. tile, instead of ripping all that out, you know, you can just have the whole thing glazed. Glazed. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you're going to spend 800 1200 exactly. 2000 at the most. I mean, it's really not that much. It's well worth it. Compared to spending five eight yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're there actually physically picking samples for them, which I want to take. We're kind of like the concierge service. We take that that monkey off their back that's paralyzing them because they're thinking, I don't know who to call number one. I don't know what to pick them to. And then and when they when they don't know what to pick, then they're going to paint everything white, which is the exact opposite of what we yeah, want to do. Because then that looks like rental right. <laughs> you right. know, So we don't. Right. Yeah. Sterile. 
It's yeah. very sterile. So, so Teresa, our girl, will come over and get the paint swatches out and be like, here's what I think you should do. But I think a lot of value that you're providing, not only with having her on the team to come do that with the, with the seller, so that's the customer, but also you're saying, here's the painter that we use or a list of right. paints. And you that's know, the experience. Tile, right. Here's a list. And you know, mm-hmm. if you don't want to use them, Right. Great. Right. So, However, we've had nothing but great reviews yeah. on everybody from the lender to the tile blazer. Right. Sure. And right. we no can one make has that to use our people. Like, you right. Know, right. Right. have to say that. But we're not forcing them to do that. We're saying, here's who we have to develop the best experiences mm-hmm. with. So, so here's a list. If I were you, I'd call them. I'd call them. Here's the reason why. Right. Yeah. Love that. And And for me, it's not really about, oh, he's my buddy or he's paying for something or whatever. That stuff is so minimal. It is. It's not really worth it. Right. You don't get into a relationship with somebody because they're they're gonna um, sponsor your lunch. One yeah, day. or even kickbacks. You know, That's irrelevant right. too. Well, but yeah. to you, the win is that you've created value for your customer. Right. And you know, to where you can do like I said earlier, you can get them the most for their home exactly. and sell it fast. It's going to and create referrals. And it helps it will me. Create referrals. It helps me keep control of the whole situation because. As a as an agent, we're kind of the puppet masters of the entire transaction. But in reality, we don't have control of the entire transaction. But we're expected to. You so are expected to. So I have a a love hate relationship with agents yeah. because oftentimes they get in my way yeah. as a cash buyer investor. Sure. But yeah. oftentimes they're my best friend. You know, it's so it just kind of depends Catch on the 22. Right. right, right. And I'm never rude or mean to them, but right. oftentimes I'll just tell them, like, listen, you know, here's what I'm willing to offer, or if I need to go straight to the homeowner, then I will, and I'll still pay you. Just get out of my way. Right. And it happens. Other times I'll say, listen, you know, I'll pay you the full 6%. Yeah. I, don't, you, I have agents and brokers in my office. However, through that, I want you to make all that commission. Let's you know, it. put the offer in, here's where I'm at. And, and oftentimes, they'll take my offer over somebody else's offer that may be higher right. just because they want the 6% commission. Yeah. That, and that's, you that that with us, it's more, we know the stuff's going to get done. So when I'm the puppet master and I'm going to be, you know, the, the whipping boy at the end of the deal when it doesn't, something goes wrong, even right. though it wasn't anything that we did. You know, it was our transaction that something happened. So when they have a bad taste, you're included in that bad taste. And they don't typically come back to you again later and refer you people. So um, so what we're doing with, I just lost my train of thought. What were we just talking about? Talking about uh, um, partnerships. partnerships with the people that are coming in. Help. Oh, oh, controlling the deal is what we're talking deal. about. So I find if they at least use a few people off of our list, then I know those people are committed to doing a good job for me because they know they get a lot of business. Well, they're not going to screw it up because they're right. not going to be low man on the totem pole. Right. right. And so not for any other reason other than each piece of that transaction is being handled appropriately so that the whole piece that I'm controlling doesn't go down the drain. Love that. You know, and that's really what people need to understand why we refer people is for that reason mainly mm-hmm. because we're protecting the whole entire deal. You're and helping when, them out. When somebody goes and uses a lender that I've never heard of before or closing at some weird company, but that screws up the deal sometimes. It completely does because they don't know our expectations, they don't care sometimes about our timelines and deadlines. He's heard me gripe, I don't know how many times about that. I had love-hate relationship with lenders because they know their little part of it, but they are really clueless on the real estate part of it for the most part. And the problem is, is they're weaved into the real estate part of it. No, but the, the, the ironic thing is we, we thought we knew. I've learned. But, you know, we before I, you know, really partnered up with Kathy, I thought I knew what the real estate agent wanted to hear. Right. Hey, here, here's what we got. And then I, you know, give my elevator speech and I think everything is awesome. Well, you know what? I was saying things that they didn't want to hear. Right. You know, there were a couple other things that I could say that would be much more powerful. I just need to think like them. Mm-hmm. And once I was able to work with her team and figure out how they think and how they operate, you can talk to almost any real estate agent. And they're like, wow, you're reading my mind. You get it. Yeah, you get it. I'm not selling on yours. No, I'm not selling on I'm helping you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And you know what the expectations are. And I am very, very, I'm kind of a contract Nazi. I want to make sure everything is being done in the time it's supposed to be because when it's not, our people are in jeopardy. And I can't allow that. So when we're dealing with somebody that's out of state and those timelines, first of all, they, they barely know them for the most part. They are very lackadaisical about them. They're like, oh, yeah, long commitment. We're probably going to need to push that off a week. We're probably going to need to, like, the afternoon that we're supposed to get it type we need it now yeah. <laughs> right or yeah we're probably gonna need to push closing three or four days like it's no big deal and it's a huge it's a deal, deal. Yeah, right. <clears throat> and they don't really think about that mm-hmm. so that's where um so here back to the team though so huh? you you love more on listing appointments mm-hmm. you like being in the business i love that I think that's great and then you have the, the girl that comes in mm-hmm. kind of behind you you would say that like Coaches them and right. you know brings the color palette. Essentially right. brings the list of the power team and right. says you need to do this and that. Right. Right. Offers the stage and so on and so right. forth. And then do you have other people that are out in the field also? Yes. Doing so, that? so 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 my listing manager is kind of still back behind the scenes. So she's the girl who is um, overseeing all the data. We're pulling the analytics. We're watching. If, if our showings are going up or showings are going down, what is the feedback? And then she's receiving the offers and things that are coming on the on the property as well. So she's kind of our bulldog negotiator. Yeah, one person does it. One person yeah. does that. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. Is she's got a team and she has experts in each sure. different right. department. So I wouldn't and, have my girl that comes in and does the color negotiate contracts. No way. She's so soft and sweet. She's not her deal. That she would fold when you're going to negotiate. Whereas my listing manager, I don't really like to send her in to pick things up because she'd be like, those curtains are like shit. So I don't but she's great at that role of negotiating. And she's quick, quick on her feet and she's quick with comeback. So when somebody's hitting you with something, on why they think your house is worth less than it is, and she right away can come back with it. So it just all works really well because I'm kind of the the celebrity for them to come in and open the door. Then we've got this person that will lay down backwards and be at their house until midnight. Sometimes I have to be like, stop being right. <laughs> right. You know, we got that person, we got Kelly, that's the bulldog. So all together, we make a really good team on that listing side. Then once it goes under contract, I pull the file from the listing manager because yeah. her job's over, mm-hmm. and it goes to our closing manager. Mm-hmm. So she's a licensed attorney. The closing from right. that point on, from right. that all the way to the finish. So she's, so she's got a real estate license. And that's on the buy side. We haven't got okay. to the buy side. Sell side, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then she finishes out the deal with the timelines of what inspections are happening, when the appraisals coming in, like all that stuff. So she does that all the way to closing, dealing with the title company, now, getting contracts. Whenever that file's passed, and then you have the inspections coming and there's negotiations that may happen there. Does that go back to the Kelly's still negotiating the contract and the building inspections. Okay. Yeah. So um and so then Amy takes it over to closing and that's pretty much our listing side of it. Then the whole buyer side of it is completely different animal. Yeah. It's different. It is. Yeah. It's different animal. Personalities, Personalities are different. Are different. I mean, you're, what you're doing is completely different. Right. People like to so see homes. More people on the on the buying yeah, side. For sure. Yeah. So they're they're taking people out, for sure. showing them the right. properties. So yes, so we have multiple and buyer agents. You're really catering. Yeah, yeah that's that you is know, part like, of I that deal. Tell people, I'm, again, I'm not an agent. I've taken the test twice. Never, <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen any work in because there's advantages. <laughs> my business is not the agent, and um, you know, I always tell people like, you're on the buyer's agent. You, you're earning that money. Mm-hmm. They're working really hard for it because think about it. You may take somebody to one house, they buy that's great. But that doesn't happen. No. If, if, you know, very often. Well, especially in this market right now, for a buyer agent to get a deal, sometimes they write three or four or five contracts with somebody before they actually get one that goes through. Well, everybody else is 10 15 houses per contract property. Yeah, per, per contract, exactly. But you also think about, um, you know, the timing of when people can go see homes. Yeah. It's at night because people work during the day and it's on the weekends. So buyers agents, you know, have to have that schedule. Yeah. They're not really working the night before. No, no. That's kind of when they're But on the flip side, they are also the heroes. So it's a very different relationship between as a listing agent between me and my clients. There's hopefully usually a respect level there of course but there's not that 
let's, let's go, go have drinks after, you know, <laughs> we do this type thing. It's a business It's a business, right. Because I am telling them things that aren't making them feel cushy-cushy about me. You know, I'm telling them, having hard conversations with them, and I'm a business person to that. <clears throat> Whereas the buyer agent, they're buddy. Number one, they're not paying them. Right, See, right. Paid thing. by the sellers. Something about the fact that people don't think about that. that people begrudge. Even point. if you do a fabulous job. And, and I, I know that, but I don't even think about that. that. Well, if you're a listing yeah. agent, people look and they say, this is what you're getting paid, 6%. Yeah. Well, no, not really. It's getting split 17 ways. But the buy side, they don't see that. Right. So they're not paying them because that comes out of listing commissions or whatever house they buy. So already there's a different type of, of atmosphere to it. And then they're excited about buying. Oftentimes people are selling under duress or they're selling because somebody died or they got a divorce or there's not, yeah, there's not all, it's not all exciting, happy moves. Um, and even if it is, it's stressful to pack up your house and do all it those is. things. It's yeah. more fun to go buy than it is to sell. It is so, so those buyer agents, although they are having to show a lot of houses, they are creating friendships a lot of times. Right. And they connect with the people. And it's just a totally different sure. feeling. And so they end up, after the deal, being more, you know, Sending in these great reviews, and I love her, and they, and they refer business a lot because that was more of a friendship type. So let me ask you this. Do you get feedback more about, hey, you guys worked so hard to help me sell this home, or, wow, you guys worked so hard to help me find this home? I know it goes, it comes in from both sides, but where do you feel like that you are getting more positive feedback from? And again, I know it's coming from both sides. Yeah, I think we... Problem. It depends on the people, you know. Right. If somebody was working and just showing them house after house after house, and they fight for this contract, which in this market they are, and I have to pat my girls on the back, and you know, about ninety percent of the time that we're in multiple offer, offer situations, we win because I list so many houses. I know what I want to see when I get a contract come in, so I teach them how to write the offers to get that, that listing agent right. to want to take that offer. Right. So unless usually we'll add a personal letter that right. really pulls at their heartstrings. Right. And, you know, it's yeah. that we stuff wins. Inspections, right. know, so unless it's a unless it's just a money factor, our buyer couldn't go any higher than somebody else just blew them away. You know, we can't control that. But if, if we're in that in that with somebody, we win. We win. So so that's good. So we get so in that type of situation, you might see somebody rave about the buyer side of the experience. Sure. The listing side, it tends to be um, short-lived. <clears throat> so you get that, oh my God, you guys are amazing. You came in and helped me do all this. You picked my paint. The house is great. It makes you want to buy my own house. Right. And I get that all the time. Right. We, our marketing materials are oh my gosh, you makes me not want to sell. I'm like, stop that. <laughs> well, in today's market, I've been seeing them get reviews though. Oh my God, we put, they put the house on the market and sold in two hours. Amazing. Yeah. See, that's a good review. That's a good, a good review. review. But yeah. there's still but that's that our market run running too. Of, uh, I had to pay you X percent. Right. You know, and still that there yeah, did we get enough? Yeah. You know, it's like on a higher dollar home. You know, six percent. <laughs> even if you reduce it down a little, um, you know, a million dollars is sixty thousand. Oh yeah. What they don't always understand, like you, like you were saying, is it splits a lot of different. And ways. it costs money. And it's like, not always four ways. Sometimes they can do five, six, multiple ways. Well, getting paid. You know, little fees here and there. Think about photography. People don't understand that's an expense. It comes out. Think about all these little things. Right. The staging, you know, the it's right. it's expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It so, really is. So, yeah, so as far as we do get good reviews, and we, I think people are ultimately happy, but um, they not every single seller does a backflip to get us the money. Right. Right. I love it. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for giving us a quick breakdown on what your business is. And we're getting to about about fifty five minutes. Wow. Steve, if we could maybe take five or ten just a quick talk about your group. Sure. Because I'm just curious sure. to again want the listeners and the viewers here to learn about you know having these partnerships. Yeah. I mean so, we can run through it a little bit. Um 
you know, we were on the team. Start there. We've got 11 people on the team. Yeah. Like I said, we we should be around 15 this summer. Um, And that's a big team. It's a big team within our group. And we kind of followed the real estate model. So real estate agents started building these teams. Well, Kath was kind of like a pioneer. (laughs) I'll tell you what, she has been a coach on many levels and um, it's helped out. Yeah. So, you know, as my business grew, I added somebody. Mm -hmm. This was about four or five years ago. So then as the business grew even more, we figured out we needed to add some more people. And just like Kathy's team, you know, we've got people that specialize in each part of the transaction. So when a buyer comes in, they need to get pre-approved, right? That's me. Do you have a a role that just does the pre-approved? Yeah. So what I do is I talk to the client. I figure out what their ultimate needs and goals are. Uh, We figure out how to structure a deal. We get them pre-approved. I analyze the credit report. Um, And basically, after I take the application, have that initial discussion with the client, I again set the expectations and say, look, from this point on, my partner Shannon and, you know, my head processor Kelly they're going to be in touch with you about the paperwork. Yeah, don't call me anymore because it's not my role. Right. I'm the face, like that. I'm the face, but somebody else does it better. I present it in a way, yeah, exactly, that says they can get you an answer faster than I can, and they know the paperwork better than I do. I'm here to Yes. but my phone is always on for you. My door is always open. So you don't have just me working at this point. You don't just have Shannon at this point and Kelly at this point. You have all of us the entire time because there are questions for each part of it. Um, you so know, the file gets moved once you do the pre-approvals. Basically, I take the application. I talk to the client. After that, I, I give the story to my team. Mm-hmm. And I say, here's the deal with this client. This is what they're trying to do. This is where they're purchasing. Here's their down payment. Here, they have a hiccup in their credit. You know, We need to kind of look at this situation. And then it goes to them. They basically analyze everything. They collect the documentation. They get it processed. They get it through processing to the underwriting. Underwriting then comes back with conditions every single time. Now, are you guys, so I don't know the business. Sure. Like you are you yeah. brokering or do you? No, we're mortgage banker. You're mortgage banker, which yeah. that helps because the underwriting is in-house. Everything's in-house. It's all in-house. Yeah. One of my criteria. That streamlines the process, yes. too, because it's not like you're calling and you're getting a number. And right. Dave, I mean, the mortgage business has changed so much in the last, let's call it 10 years, that Clients can get perturbed because there's a lot of paperwork, but with a lot of paperwork comes a lot of issues that come up and questions that come up. So it's super important for us to be able to go walk to our processing department, Mm -hmm. to walk to our underwriting department, to walk to our closing department. We even have our in-house attorneys. I I mean, everything is under one roof. So we can, you know, basically take care of these issues right away, as opposed to big banks we were talking about earlier. You might have processing in North Dakota and your closings in Florida. Right. The file doesn't just go across the hall. It's getting emailed. And it's it's not going to affect them if you don't close on time. Me? It affects me. I mean, it affects me mentally, personally. It affects our, you know, reputation here in town. So, you know, as we grew, we, again, we specialize in each part of the transaction. It makes our process that much smoother. Um, And that's why we're able to do so many deals and we do get good reviews. And, um, it's That's a completely awesome. different. How many different types of products do you offer? I mean, I know it probably varies based on the person, their credit, you know, the amount of money that they're making if they're W two person. And I know so many variables that come into play. We deal with fifteen different investors on the conforming side. So any loan amount that's under four hundred and twenty four thousand one hundred dollars, we have fifteen different investors. And when I say investors, I mean big banks like. Chase, Wells Fargo, BB&T, so they Freedom. All have different products, I would imagine. Too, products right? and underwriting criteria. Holy cow. So no pun intended, but we can pretty much find a home for everyone. You can make it right. Yeah, right? you know what I'm saying? Cool. So when you go to a Bank of America, or you go to one of those big banks, um, you, they have this box. <laughs> they have this, right. they have this box. And if you don't fit in that box, then you're going to get denied. Right. Okay, so... You come to us, you don't fit in this box, we're going to go over here. Sure. We're going to see if it fits in this box. We also sell directly to Fannie and Freddie. We've got um, 12 investors on the jumbo side. Like I said, we've got three programs with 0% down. So, I mean, we pretty much have everything you can imagine as far as programs are concerned. But, you know, everybody's got rates. Everybody's got fees. Okay, great. But it really comes into the service. And it comes into trusting the person that you're working with. And we really try and build that trust not only through the conversations that we have, but also by 
keeping our word. You know, if I say I'm going to answer my phone after five and on the weekends, mm-hmm. I'm going to answer my phone after five and on the weekends. Absolutely. And, um, you know, that just, it goes a long ways. And then later on, we become friends with a lot of our clients because we helped them out in a situation that they needed. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Kathy and Steve, thank Thanks you so much for coming in. Man, appreciate it. Absolutely. If you are listening or viewing us and you're in the St. Louis area and you're looking to list your home, you're looking to buy a home, Kathy, how would they reach you? Is there like an email? Um, KathyHellegroup.com okay. is our website or 314-276-SOLD is our number two. Awesome. And that's the listing and the buying side. Mm-hmm. Love that. And you're also a broker. So if you're an agent and you're listening and you're looking for a new home, Kathy Helbig is the place to go. That's right. And see how would somebody reach you in the event that they're looking to, you know, it wouldn't just be a person that's looking to buy and move into a primary residence. It could be an investor that's looking to buy. Investor, second home. Yeah. Area too as well. We do all that. And you know what? Even if you're not ready to buy today, Mm -hmm. call us and I'll be more than happy to answer any questions or maybe get you in position to buy that dream home that you want. You can catch me at um, thestrictgroup.com or you can call Gershman at 314-889-0659. Awesome. So we'll have that in the show notes as well. The emails and the phone numbers. Very good. Again, thank you so much for coming in today, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. I learned a ton. I know that. Yeah. Always want to provide value to the listeners and the viewers. Um, guys, again, don't forget, check out the first 10 to 15 podcasts. Learn how to wholesale, freewholesalecourse.com. Also, check us out at discountpropertyinvestor.com. If you're looking to buy wholesale deals in the St. Louis area, you can subscribe to our emails at the top right hand corner of that website. And uh, Steve, you had said a quote earlier, always just an episode with, uh, with a quote. I really like this quote, by the way. So let's hear it. What's the quote? Respect isn't given until it's earned. I learned that a long time ago, and I, I feel like it applies to everything you do every day. And it, I think it applies a lot to the partnerships, too. Absolutely. You have to create that win-win, and you have to, you have to get that respect. Then you got to keep it. That's right. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.